0: hello
1: uh, hello. <laughs> hello hello,
0: and welcome to infinite cast episode 14
1: episode 14
0: a pod just about infinite cast
1: the infinite cast
0: podcast uh before we get started i just want to say it is now december uh so the one calendar month is up and if you sent me uh, a paul allen heaven message um your name has been recorded and I will be figuring out a way to send you, there are about 40 of you, a uh, gift sometime hopefully before, uh, uh, let's say Christmas. It is very difficult for me to mail things because I do not own a printer uh, or envelopes.
1: <laughs> we, ha- we have some envelopes. Okay, great. We'll f- we can figure this We're out. We'll figure mic. it out. I,
0: I, I will put the, pro- the the processes in motion uh, starting next week to, uh, to to do this distribution Unfortunately, if you uh, if you messaged me from another continent, I cannot guarantee that you will receive a gift. I'm sorry. That's the w- sorry to our South African fans, but that's the way it goes.
1: <laughs> we'll send some kind of a uh, vir- virtual virtual treat or something. Yeah, I don't know.
0: We'll send you a gift of the dancing baby from Allie McBeal, <laughs>
1: <laughs> who I bet probably disturbed David Foster Wallace. He
0: was he. Oh, he hated that baby. I bet he hated that baby. Uh, he, we'll talk about this at the end but ha- he would probably also hate the trend uh, in media of just making animated characters and then making them babies to make them even cuter mm. i.e. the, the, the Baby Yoda and the Baby Groot
1: oh yes he would find that deeply cynical I'm sure yes I'm sure anyway anyway should we start reading let's start reading we've uh, left Marath and Steeply on
0: their ridge in Arizona for now With their shadows ta- towering over Tempe uh, Tucson. Tucson, Tucson Tucson Yes. How is there a Tucson and a Tempe in Arizona? Two similar names. Ch- change the letter. Who- <laughs> Make it Mempe.
1: I mean, why is there a New York and a Newark?
0: That's also stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's also stupid that, oh, I guess New is, is in it, but Newark is, mm-hmm. and then contracted to Newark. I don't know. It, it should at least be further away from New York.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I'll, I'll call The the office. Call Cory Booker and tell him. I'm going to call the Tri-State Office of Naming and make some suggestions. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Year of the Depend Adult Undergarment. Tuesday, third of November, Enfield Tennis Academy. A.M. drills, shower, eat, class, lab, class, class, eat, prescriptive grammar exam. (laughs) <laughs> Lab slash class,
0: conditioning run. You know, he really only has like three things that he cares about. He's got
1: three bits. PM drills, play challenge match, play challenge match, upper body circuits in weight room, sauna, shower, slump to locker room floor with other players. And then this is confusing, but this is dialogue. To even realize why they're sitting there, what they're sitting there feeling is unhappiness or to even feel it in the first place. 1640 hours. The Comad building's male's locker room is full of clean upperclassmen in towels after PM matches. The player's hair, wet-combed and shining with barbicide. Pemulus uses the comb's big tooth end to get that wide-furrowed look that kids from Alston favor. Hal's own hair tends to look wet-combed even when it's dry.
0: Mm, I wish I had that kind of hair. Mm.
1: So, Jim Trolch says, looking around, so what do you think? Pemulus lowers himself to the floor by the sinks, leaning up against the cabinet where they keep all the disinfectants. He has this way of looking warily to either side of him before he says anything. Was there, like, a central point to all that, Trolch? (laughs) The exam was talking about the syntax of Tolstoy's sentence, not about real unhappy families, Hal says quietly. John Wayne, as do most Canadians, lifts one leg slightly to fart, (laughs) like the fart was some kind of task, Standing at his locker, waiting for his feet to get dry enough to put on socks. As
0: do most Canadians. Sounds like the broad ethnic generalization (laughs) of a Felix bit.
1: (laughs) That really does. You're right. There is the silence. Shower heads dribble on tile. Steam hangs. Distant, ghastly sounds from tea-shacked over in one of the stalls off the showers. Everyone stares into the middle distance, stunned with fatigue. Michael Pemulus, who can stand about 10 seconds of communal silence tops, clears his throat deeply and sends a loogie up and back into the sink behind him. The plate mirrors caught part of its quivering flight, Hal sees. Hal closes his eyes. Tired, someone exhales. Ortho Stice and John N. R. Wayne seem less fatigued than detached. They have the really top player's way of shutting the whole neural net down for brief periods, staring at the space they took up, hooded in silence, removed for a moment from the connectedness of all events. Right then, Trollchit says, pop quiz, pop test question. Most crucial difference for Lathe tomorrow between your historical broadcast TV set and a cartridge-capable TP. Disney r Leith teaches ETA's History of Entertainment 1 and 2, as well as certain high-level esoteric optics things you needed permission of instructor to get into. Mm. Also, recognize his name from the filmography. Disney. Disney Leith.
0: Disney Leith. Okay, great. High-level optics. Mm.
1: Mm. The cathode-luminescent panel. <laughs> no cathode gun. No phosphenic screen. Two to the screen's diagonal width in centimeter lines of resolution total. You mean a high-def viewer in general or a specifically TP component viewer? No analogs, Strzok says. No snow, no faint, weird, like, ghostly double next to UHF images, no vertical roll when planes fly over. Analogs versus digitals. You referring to broadcast as in network versus a TP or network plus cable versus a TP? Did cable TV use analogs? What? Like pre-fiber phones? It's the digitals. Leith has that word he uses for the shift from analog to digitals. That word he uses about 11 times an hour.
0: The digitals. I think about that a lot.
1: What did pre-fiber phones use exactly? The old tin can and string principle. Seminal. He keeps saying it. Seminal. Seminal. The biggest advance in home communications since the phone, he says. In home entertainment since the TV itself. Leith might say the right capable CD for entertainment. He's hard to pin down if you get him on entertainment qua entertainment. (laughs) The Dizzle say, use your own judgment, Pamela says. Axford took it last year. He wants an argument made. He'll skewer you if you treat it like there's an obvious answer. Plus, there's the interlaced d digitizer instead of an antenna with a TP, Jim Strzok says, squeezing at something behind his ear. Graham, yard guard raider, is checking his underarm for more hair. Freer and Shaw might be asleep. Stice has pulled his towel down slightly and is fingering the deep red abdominal stripe a jock's waistband leaves. Boys, I ever become president, the first thing to go is elastic. <laughs> <laughs> troll sh- begins to shuff- pretends to shuffle cards next item next like flash card define acuteness. anybody <laughs> a measure of resolution directly proportional to the resolved ratio of a given pulse's digital code Hal says the inkster has the last word once again says struck which invites a chorus the halster halorama halation Halation, Raider says. A halo shaped exposure pattern around light sources seen on chemical film at low speed. Mm, that most angelic of distortions. Struck says, We'll be like vying for the seats all around ink tomorrow. Hal shuts his eyes. He can see the page of text right there, all highlighted,
0: all yellowed up. Are we are we supposed to take that like every member of this tennis academy has some kind of obsessive compulsive disorder? (laughs) (laughs)
1: You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) He can scan I love to
0: sit around with my boys and talk tech specs of various broadcasts. I mean, what else do they have
1: to talk about? He can scan the page, rotate it, fold the corner down, and clean under his nails with it all mentally. Leave him alone, Pemula says. Freer opens his eyes. Do a dictionary page for us, man, ink. Stice says, leave him be. It's all only half nasty. Hal is placid about getting his balls smacked around. They all are. He does his share of chops busting. Some of the littler kids who take their showers after the upperclassmen are hanging around listening. Hal sits on the floor, quiescent, a chin on his chest, just thinking it's nice finally to breathe and get enough air paragraph break. The temperature had fallen with the sun. Morath listened to the cooler evening wind roll across the incline and desert floor. Morath could sense or feel many million floral pores begin slowly to open, hopeful of dew. The American steeply produced small exhalations between his teeth as he examined his scratch of the arm. Only one or two remaining tips of the digitate spikes of the radio blades of the sun, found crevices between the tortillitas' peaks and probed at the roof of the sky. There were the slight and dry, locationless rustlings of small living things that wished to come out at night emerging. The sky was violet. Paragraph break <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the locker rooms got a towel around his waist like a kilt. Everyone except Stice has a white ETA towel. Stice uses his own sort of trademark towels, black ones. After a silence, Stice shoots some air out through his nose. Jim Struck picks liberally at his face and neck. There are one or two sighs. Peter Beak and Evan Ingersoll and Kent Blott, 12, 11, 10, are up sitting on the blonde wood benches that run in front of the locker's rows, sitting there in towels, elbows on knees, not taking part. So is Zoltan (laughs) Zixentmilhalyi, sure, who's 16 but speaks very little English. Idris Arslanian, new this year, ethnically vague, 14, all feet and teeth, is a shadowy lurking presence (laughs) just outside the locker room door, poking the non-Caucasoid snout in, in occasionally and then withdrawing, terribly shy. That's not a very nice way to describe a a non-Caucasian person.
0: Non-Caucasoid snout. Presumably Armenian.
1: Uh, Idris is a a, um, Nigerian? Nigerian
0: Nigerian-Armenian.
1: Each ETA player in 18 and unders has like four to six 14 and unders kids he's supposed to keep his more experienced wing over. Look out for.
0: Yeah, they're they're little buddies. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. The more the ETA administration trusts you, the younger and more generally clueless the little kids <laughs> in your charge. Charles Tavis instituted the practice and calls it the big buddy system. In the literature, he sends new kids' as parents. So the parents can feel their kids not getting lost in the institutional shuffle. Beak, Blot, and Arslanian are all in Hal's big buddy group for YDAU. He also, in effect, has Ingersoll, having traded Todd postal weight, possible weight to Axford off the books for Ingersoll because Trevor Axford found he so despised the Ingersoll kid for some unanalyzable reason that he was struggling against a horrible compulsion to put Ingersoll's little fingers into the gap by the hinges of an open door and then very slowly close the door and came to Hal almost in tears Axford had. Though technically, Ingersoll is still Axford's and Postlethwaite Hal's. Postlethwaite, the great lobber, has a weird young old face and little wet lips that lapse into a sucking reflex under stress. In theory, a big buddy's somewhere between an RA and a prorector. He's there to answer questions, ease bumpy transitions, show ropes act as a liaison with Tony Nwangi and Tex Watson and the other pro-rectors specializing in little kids. Be somebody they can come to off the record. A shoulder to climb up a, on a footstool and cry on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If a 16 and under gets made a big buddy, it's kind of an honor. It means they think you're going places. When there's no tournament or travel, etc., big buddies get together with their core to sextet in small group private twice a twice a week in the interval between p.m. challenge matches and dinner usually after saunas and showers and a few minutes of sitting slumped around the locker room sucking air sometimes hal sits with his little buddies at dinner and eats with them not often however the savvier big buddies don't get too overly close with their lb Ephebes ephebes. Don't let them forget about the unbridgeable gap of experience and ability and general status that separate Ephebes from upperclassmen <laughs> who've hung in and stuck it out at ETA for years and years. It gives them more to look up to. The savvy big buddy doesn't rush in or tread heavy. He holds his own ground and lets the suppliants realize when they need his help and come to him. You have to know when to tread in and take an active hand and when to hang back and let the littler kids learn from the personal experience they'll have to learn from, inevitably, if they want to be able to hang. Every year, the biggest source of attrition, besides graduating 18s, is 13 to 15s who've had enough and just can't hang. Mm -hmm. This happens. The administration accepts it. Not everyone's cut out for what's required of you here. Though CT makes his administrative assistant, Lateral Alice Moore, Drive the pro-rector's... <laughs> we'll learn more about why she's lateral. Drive the prorectors bats trying to ferret out data on little or kid's psychic states <laughs> so he can forecast probable burnouts and attritive defections so he'll know how many slots he and admissions will have to offer incomings for the next term.
0: I feel like that is... Just generally true, like between the age of like thirteen and fifteen if if it was an option to just quit school, <laughs> how many people would be like, "Yeah, this isn't for me, yeah,
1: this sucks. Big buddies are in a tricky position, requested to keep the pro rectors generally informed about who among their charges seems shaky in terms of resolve, capacity for suffering and stress, <laughs> physical punishment, homesickness, deep fatigue. But at the same time, wanting to remain a trustworthy, confidential shoulder and wing for their little buddies' most private and delicate issues. Though he too has to struggle with a strange urge to be cruel to Ingersoll, <laughs> who reminds him of someone he dislikes but can't quite place, Hal, on the whole, rather likes being a big bee. He likes being there to come to and likes delivering little unpretentious mini lectures on tennis theory and ETA pedagogy and tradition and getting to be kind in a way that costs him nothing. Sometimes he finds out he believes something that he doesn't even know he believed until it exits his mouth in front of five anxious little hairless plump trusting clueless faces.
0: I had that experience when I was a camp counselor. Were
1: were you real? Like things start to
0: solidify and you're like, oh, okay, that's my attitude. I have to like teach this child how to deal with something that I've never thought about, like how I actually process. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, The twice weekly, more like once weekly, as things usually pan out, group interfaces with his quintet are unpleasant only after a particularly bad PM session on the courts when he's tired and on edge and would far rather go off by himself and do secret stuff in underground ventilated private. Mm. Jim Trolch feels at his glands. John Wayne is of the sock-and-a-shoe, sock-and-a-shoe school. <laughs> what a freak. <laughs> tired, orthostice, again, sighs. He pronounces it tarred. To a man now, the upperclassman are down slumped on the locker room's blue crush carpet, their legs straight out in front of them, toes pointing out at that distinctive morgue angle, their backs up against the blue steel of the lockers, careful to avoid the six sharp little louvered anti-mildew vents at each (laughs) locker's base. All of them look a bit silly naked because of their tennis tans. Legs and arms the deep sienna of a quality catcher's mitt from the summer. (laughs) The tan just now this late starting to fade. But feet and ankles of toad belly white. The white of the grave. With chests and shoulders and upper arms more like off-white. These players can sit shirtless in the stands at tournaments when they're not playing and get at least a bit of thoracic sun. (laughs) (laughs) The faces are the worst, maybe, most red and shiny, some still deep peeling from three straight weeks of outdoor tournaments in August-September. Besides Hal, who's atavistically dark-complected anyway, the ones here with the least bad piebald coloring are the players who can tolerate spraying themselves down with lemon pledge before (laughs) outdoor play. It turns out Lemon Pledge, when it's applied in pre-play stasis and allowed to dry to a thin crust, is a phenomenal sunscreen. Is that true? (laughs) We'll have to fact check it. UV rating like 40 plus, and the only stuff anywhere that can survive a three-set sweat. No one knows what junior player at what academy found this out about Pledge years back, or how. Rather bizarre discovery circumstances are envisioned. (laughs) The smell of sweat-wet pledge out on the... (laughs) It's
0: just a very good literary phrase. The sweat-wet pledge.
1: (laughs) The smell of sweat-wet pledge out on the court makes some of the more delicately constituted kids sick, though. Others feel sunscreen of any kind to be unconscionably pussified. (laughs) Like white white visors or on-court sunglasses.
0: Tennis people do love... Do be loving wearing visors though they
1: do. So most of the ETA tennis upper... and golf, the visor <laughs> sports, <laughs> the visors. Are there any other ones?
0: I I don't know. Maybe maybe volleyball. If you're doing, if you're not oh, playing yeah. particularly intense, yeah.
1: So most of the ETA upperclassmen have these vivid shoe and shirt tans that give them the classic look of bodies hastily assembled from different bodies' parts, (laughs) especially when you throw in the heavily muscled legs and usually shallow chests and the two arms of different sizes. Tard, 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 Stice says. Group empathy is expressed via size, further slumping, small spastic gestures of exhaustion, the soft clank of skulls' backs against the lockers' thin steel. My bones are ringing the way sometimes people say their ears are ringing. I'm so tired. I'm waiting till the last possible second to even breathe. I'm not expanding the cage till driven by necessity of air. So tired, it's out of tired's word range, Camula says. Tired just doesn't do it exhausted shot depleted says jim struck grinding at his closed eye with the heel of his hand Cashed, totaled <laughs> look pemulus pointing at struck it's trying to think
0: <laughs>
1: a moving thing to see beat worn the heck out worn the fuck all out is more like wrung dry whacked tuckered out more dead than alive None even come close, the words. Word inflation, Stice says, rubbing at his crew cut so his forehead wrinkles and clears. Bigger and better. Good, greater, greatest, totally great. Hyperbolic and hyperbolic Like great inflation. Should be so lucky, says Strzok, who's been on academic probation since 15. <laughs> Stice is from a part of southwest Kansas that might as well be Oklahoma. He makes the companies that give him clothes and gear give him all black clothes and gear, and his ETA cognomen is the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> That's ortho the darkness, Stice, of okay. course. Hal raises his eyebrows at Stice and smiles. hyperbolic My daddy as a boy, he'd have said, tuckered out will do just fine. <laughs> Whereas here we are, siti- n- sitting here, needing whole new words and terms. Phrases and clauses and models and structures, Trolch says, referring again to a prescriptive exam everyone but Hal wishes now to forget. (laughs) We need an inflation-generative grammar. Keith Freer makes a motion as if taking his unit out of his towel and holding it out as Trolch. Generate this. Need a whole new syntax for fatigue on days like this, Struck says. ETA's best minds on the problem. Whole thesauruses digested, analyzed, makes a sarcastic motion. Hal, one semion that still works fine, is holding your fist up and cranking at it with the other hand so the finger you're giving somebody goes up like a drawbridge. Ah, classic. Classic. Though, of course, Hal's mocking himself at the same time. Everybody agrees it speaks volumes. Idris Arslanian's shoes and incisors appear briefly in the doorway's (laughs) steam, then withdraw. Everyone's reflection is sort of cubist in the wall's uh, shiny tiling. The name handed down paternally from an Umbrian five generations past and now much diluted by Northeast Yankee, a great-grandmother with Pima tribe Indian southwestern blood and Canadian crossbreeding, Hal is the only extant incandenza who looks in any way ethnic. His late father had been, as a young man, darkly tall, High, flat, pima-tribe cheekbones and very black hair, brill creamed back so tight there'd been a kind of enforced widow's peak. (laughs) Himself had looked ethnic, but he isn't extant. Hal is sleek, sort of radiantly dark, almost otterish, only slightly tall, eyes blue but darkly so, and unburnable even without sunscreen, his untanned feet the color of weak tea, his nose ever (laughs) unpeeling but slightly shiny. His sleekness isn't oily so much as moist, milky. Hal worries secretly that he looks half feminine. His parents' pregnancies must have been all out chromosomatic war. <laughs> Hal's eldest brother, Oren, had got the moms' Anglo-Nordo-Canadian phenotype, the deep-socketed and lighter blue eyes, the faultless posture, and incredible flexibility. Oren was the only male anybody at ETA had ever heard of who could do a fully-splayed, cheerleader-type split. (laughs) The rounder and more protrusive zygomatics. Hal's next oldest brother, Mario, doesn't seem to resemble much of anyone they know. On, the day, on most of the non-travel days that he doesn't big buddy with his charges, Hal will wait till most everybody's busy in the sauna and shower and stow his sticks in his locker and stroll casually down the cement steps into ETA's system of tunnels and chambers. He has some way he can casually drift off and have quite a while go go by before anyone even notices his absence he'll often stroll casually back into the locker room just as people are slumped on the floor in towels discussing fatigue, (laughs) carrying his gear bag and substantially altered in mood, and go in when most of the littler kids are in there peeling pledge husks off their limbs (laughs) and taking their turn showering. In shower, using one of the kids' shampoo out of a bottle shaped like a cartoon character. Then hike the head back and apply Visine in a shacked free stall, gargle and brush and floss and dress, usually not even needing to comb his hair. He carries Visine AC, mint-flavored floss, and a traveler's toothbrush in a pocket of his Dunlop gear bag. Ted Schacht, big into oral hygiene, (laughs) regards Hal's bags, floss, and brush as an example to them all. So tired, it's like I'm almost high. Two more pages. Two more pages? Ooh, Three more pages. Okay.
0: Let's let's go. But we got a lot of lot to talk about at the end of this. Yes. yeah, let's peel through this. But it's just what it's it it's all five. oh no, I just closed it. <laughs>
1: Wait. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, sorry.
0: Where are we? there, there We're back. Okay, great. All right. Okay, let's yeah, let's jam through this.
1: Uh so try, so tired that I'm almost high, but not pleasantly high, Trolch says. It'd be a pleasanter tiredness high if I didn't have to wait till fucking 1900 to start all this studying, Stice says. You'd think Shtit could at least not turn up the juice the week before midterms. You'd think that the coaches and the teachers could try and get together on their scheduling. (laughs) It'd be like a pleasant fatigue if I could just go up after dinner and hunker down, hunker on down with the mind in neutral and watch something uncomplex." Not have to worry about prescriptive forms or accutants. Kick back. Watch something with chase scenes and lots of stuff blowing up all over the place. True lies. Relax, do bongs, kick back, look at lingerie catalogs, <laughs> eat granola with a great big wooden spoon. Oh, that's does sound nice. Struck says wistfully, get laid. Just like get one night off to like R&R. Slip on the old environmental suit and listen to some atonal jazz. <laughs> Have sex, get laid, bump uglies, do the nasty, haul ashes. <laughs> Find me one of the Northeast Oklahoma drive in burger stand waitresses with the great big huge titties. Those enormous pink white French painting tits that just sort of like tumble out. <laughs> One of those wooden spoons so big you can barely get your mouth around it. (laughs) Just one night to relax and indulge. Pemulus belts out two quick verses of Johnny Mathis's Chances Are, left over (laughs) from the shower, then subsides to examine something on his left thigh. Shaw has a spit bubble going, growing to such exceptional size for just spit that half the room watches until it finally goes at the same moment Pemulus breaks off. Evan Ingersoll says, we get off Saturday for Interdependence Day Eve,
0: though, the board said. (laughs) Interdependence Day is still very funny to me. Yes.
1: Several upper-class heads are cocked up at Ingersoll. Pemulus makes a bulge in his cheek with his tongue and moves it around. Flubba-flubba, Stice (laughs) makes his jowls fly around. We get off (laughs) classes, is all. Drills and challenges go merrily on, DeLint says, Freer points out. But no drills Sunday before the gala, but still matches. Every junior player presently in the room is ranked in the top 64 continentally, except Pemulus, Yardley, and Blot. There'd be clear evidence that t Shack's is still in one of the toilet stalls off the showers, even if Hal couldn't see the tip of one of Shack's enormous purple shower thongs under the door of the stall right by where the shower en- area entryway cuts into his line of sight. Something humble, placid even, about inert feet under stall doors. <laughs> the defecatory <laughs> posture is an accepting posture, it occurs to him. <laughs> Head down, elbows on knees, the fingers laced together between the knees. Some hunched, timeless, millennial type of waiting, almost religious. <laughs> Luther's shoes on the floor beneath the chamber pot, placid, possibly made of wood. (laughs) Luther's 16th century shoes awaiting epiphany. (laughs) The mute quiescent suffering of generations of salesmen in the stalls of train station johns. Heads down, fingers laced, shined shoes inert, awaiting the acid gush. (laughs) Women's slippers, centurion's dusty sandals, dock workers' hobnailed boots, pope's slippers, all waiting, pointing straight ahead, slightly tapping. <laughs> Two shaggy, browned men in skins, hunched just past the firelight circle, with wadded leaves in one hand, waiting. <laughs> He's high. <laughs> He's stoned. <laughs> oh, Shack suffered from Crohn's disease, which takes us to I think our only endnote of the segment. Endnote forty-three. Chronic inflammation of the terminal ileum and adjacent tissues, named in dubious honor of a, <laughs> <laughs> of a Dr. Crone in BS 1932. Uh, Shack suffered from Crohn's disease, a bequest from his ulcerative, colitic dad and had to take carminative medication with every meal and took a lot of guff about his digestive troubles and had developed, of all things, arthritic gout, too, somehow, because of the Crohn's disease, which had settled in his right knee and caused him terrible pain on the court. Freer's and tall Paul Shaw's rackets fall off the bench with a clatter and beak and blot move fast to pick them up and stack them back on the bench. Beak one-handed because the other hand is keeping his towel fastened. Because so that was, let's see, Strzok says. (laughs) Pemulus loves to sing around tile. Strzok's hitting his palm with a finger for either emphasis or ordinal counting. Close to, let's call it an hour run for the A squads, an hour 15 drills, two matches played back to back. I only played one. Trolch in Jex had a measurable fever in the A.M. Delint said to throttle down today. Folks that went three sets only played one match. Spodek and Kent, for an instance, Stice says. Funny how Trolch, all, funny how Trolch, how his health always seems to rally when A.M. drills get out. Freer says. Like conservatively two hours for the matches, conservatively, then half an hour on the machines under fucking Loach's beady browns, sitting there with the clipboard, then let's call it five hours of vigorous nonstop straight out motion, sustained and strenuous exertion. Stits determinated this year we ain't singing no silly songs at Port Washington. <laughs> John Wayne hasn't said one word this whole entire time. The contents of his locker are neat and organized. He always buttons his shirt all the way up to the top button as if he were going to put on a tie, which he doesn't even own. (laughs) Ingersoll's also getting dressed out of his underclassman's small square locker. Stice says, except they seem to forget we're still in our puberty. Ingersoll is a kid seemingly wholly devoid of eyebrows as far as Hal can see. Speak for yourself, Darkness. I'm saying how stressing the puberty izing skeleton like this—it's real <laughs> short-sighted. Stice's voice rises. I'm supposed to do it. I'm twenty, and in the show, playing nonstop, and I'm skeletally stressed and injury-prone. Dark's right. A curled bit of cloudy old pledge husk. And a green thread from a strip of Gauze Tex wrap are completely, complexly entwined in the blue fibers of the carpet near Hal's left ankle, which ankle is faintly swollen and has a blue tinge. He keeps flexing the ankle whenever it occurs to him to. Struck and Trolch spar briefly with open hands, <laughs> fainting and bobbing their heads, both still seated on the floor. Hal, Stice, Trolch, Struck, raider and beak are all rhythmically squeezing tennis balls with their racket hands as per academy mandate struck shoulders and neck have furious purple inflammations hal had also noticed a boil on the inside of Shaq's thigh when ted had sat down hal's face's reflection just fits inside one of the wall tiles opposite and then if he moves his head slowly the face distends and comes back together with an optical twang in the next tile That post-shower community feeling is dissipating. Even Evan Ingersoll looks quickly at his watch and clears his throat. Wayne and Shaw have dressed and left. Freer, a major pledge devotee, is at his hair in the mirror. Hemulus also rising now to get away from Freer's feet and legs. Freer's eyes have a protrusive wideness to them that the axe handle says makes Freer always look like he's getting shocked or throttled. (laughs) And time in the pre-m locker room seems of limitless depth. They've all been just here before, just like this, and will be again tomorrow. The light saddening outside, a grief felt in the bones, a sharpness to the edge of the lengthening shadows. I'm thinking it's Tavis, Freer says to them all in the mirror. Where there's excess work and suffering, can fucking Tavis be far behind? (laughs) No, it's shtit, Hal says. Stitt was a f- short a few wickets out of the old croquet set long before he got hold of us men pemulus says peemster and hal halation and pemerama <laughs> freer purses his little lips and expels air like he's blowing out a match blowing some tiny grooming remnant off the big mirror's glass Stitt just does what he's told like a good nazi What the heil is that supposed to mean? Asks a Stice who's well known for asking how high, sir, when Shtit says jump. Now feeling at the carpet around him for something to throw at Freer. Ingersoll tosses Stice a wopsed up towel trying to be helpful. But Stice's eyes are on Freer's in the glass. And the towel hits him on the head and sits there on his head. (laughs) The room's emotions seem to be inverting themselves every couple seconds. There's half cruel laughter at Stice as Hal struggles to his feet, rising in careful stages, putting most of his weight on the good ankle. Hal's towel falls off as he does his combination. Struck says something that's lost in the roar of a high pressure toilet. (laughs) And that's that's ETA, baby. What a
0: melancholy and funny little shower scene. Damn. I'm glad that I no longer have to communally bathe with anybody. I mean, did not you have to I, do that? Not that I ever really had to, but I mean, I guess the only two two times that the only time that I even slightly had to was our slightly communal showers in our my freshman and sophomore dorms.
1: Showering in
0: high school was n- simply not really done. No, we I maybe some people did, but I certainly didn't like bathe during. I gym just changed and stuff. I changed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think if you showered in during my high school gym interregnum, people would be like, "What? Did, what happened to you? <laughs> like, yes. are you okay?" Are you
0: okay? <laughs> uh, okay, a lot, a, a lot, lot to of, go, a lot to, to go um, through here. We about. have a few much, much to think about. We have a, a number of topics that I would like to get to. Uh, the first thing that I would just like to comment is that reverie about uh, the entire history of mankind shitting. It was very uh, uh, beautiful and funny.
1: Perfect stoned thought.
0: Yes, like. Uh yeah. The that that y- being you're... in communion with all of humanity back to the dawn of the dawn of, of man uh all squatting and shitting in the same pose.
1: Right. All the advancement of society, yeah. and yet we and still yet. poop in the same
0: way. Popes and salesmen, cavemen and kings. I love that. You just you just have to. <laughs> uh that reminds me of one of my favorite Gambo Game of Thrones moments is when uh um spoiler alert, when uh, uh I think it's safe. Taiwan gets murdered by crossbow shitting. <laughs> uh, a perfect uh uh degraded end for you a, don't, a very powerful person
1: you don't want to die l- you don't want to die on the toilet no. because it's embarrassing right but a like you're, de- you're dead you're <laughs> dead so, so you it doesn't matter i think and the- b w- when are i'm just thinking i, I won't share too strongly but the times in my life when i've been in the most physical distress I am in around or on the toilet. Yeah. So the risk is high,
0: right? Well, I think that if you're like Elvis and you're dying on the toilet, the thing that would be more upsetting is that you're dying and not that you're on the toilet. I th- I imagine yes. that's what you're thinking about in the moment. Priorities. Yeah.
1: No, I I the I think I was looking up oh cuz so I I was looking something up about James Gandolfini and there's like, that's <laughs> like one of the, on the common toilet? questions of like when he died, did he die on the toilet? And it's like unclear.
0: Unclear. Well, yeah. I, I mean, maybe if he did good to not get that out because that would be particularly undignified for a man of his stature.
1: I think, no, I think we need to, we need to normalize and reclaim <laughs> dying, dying on, on the, the toilet. toilet it's right. totally natural and making fun of it is actually um Well, when you think about it, problematic.
0: other than being in a bed, that is the most, you know, your situation and your environment will change throughout your life, but the one thing that will remain consistent is that you'll pretty much constantly be on a toilet.
1: Bet, yeah, you a bed or a toilet. Yeah. Everything else is it's, it's just window up dressing. in the air. Yeah. yeah.
0: The other thing that I wanted to get, get into is one of the very first things that when they were talking about like digital TVs, the the something that yeah. I think about a lot is the digital analog divide, and I think about it specifically because my mom constantly emails or call, calls me about asking how to open PDF. uh literally and i'm not doing the memes she's like literally constantly calling me about opening opening saving emailing attaching pdf Mm -hmm. um and one thing that i always think about that i wonder what if it'll happen to us is that in our parents generation they had or or, or lifetime they had to make the the essential format shift from analog to digital Mm -hmm. and depending on age, a lot of them had to do it in their 30s or 40s, mm-hmm. like sit down in front of a computer terminal that has a digital interface that has like a file structure and you have to open my computer or the start mem- men menu and find Finder and learn where all these things are rooted inside each other. Indeed. Sometime in your 30s yes, or 40s. And that that is a very foreign experience to them. And I think that that is one of the things where it is not intuitive not like us, who, well, I mean, I remember a time before we had a computer in our house, but, you know, I was very, very young then. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I grew up on a computer, and and that is in, the navigating of a computer, no matter what system I sit down in front of, is intuitive to me. Yes. And I just wonder if there will be, a, in our lifetime, a similar shift for, uh, as, as monumental, as analog to digital.
1: I think about that, too, uh, and I don't know. I feel like the next one is like the the next biggest leap to me would be like the human VR, to cyber yeah. to human to cyborg thing of like when digital stuff actually if it end up ends up getting implanted into your body are we going to be a generation that rejects that because we've seen too many John Carpenter movies or whatever
0: yeah or Not will John I be Carpenter. calling my kid be being like uh where do I find the finder the 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 finder window in my in my own head yeah and they're like no you just think about the file I'm like okay but where's the the file structure how do I how do I save this as a PNG yeah no five and they're like there's no
1: PNG it's all it all it's all ephemeral yeah yeah
0: maybe hopefully not because it seems uh confusing and alienating and I would uh, I would like to not be confused and alienated please yes
1: yeah it's funny I mean the the bit of this is that. They're obviously at an elite tennis academy where the point is tennis and the academics come secondary. But the academics are also incredibly harsh <laughs> and, and esoteric. <laughs> esoteric, and it's basically con- uh, it's it matches the interests of James O and Condensa, which is and Avril, which is basically super intense grammar and optics, prescriptive grammar and optics and like uh, visual technology. So
0: that's just what they have to care about. What did you think about this chapter?
1: I love it. I I like it. Do you it.
0: like all the, bo- all the boys? I
1: love all the boys. They, it's very hard having, you know, written fiction in the past. It's very hard to characterize a lot of people in a short period of time. And I think that he managed to do it. <laughs> pretty well of like, you know, Pemulus is kind of a like slick dude, but also like a like a paranoid kind of like faux gangster. Yeah. Uh, and like a, Stice maybe, is, maybe
0: a wiseacre.
1: Yes, sure. Uh, Stice is like a country boy. Yeah. John Wayne is a total, like, you, you cannot get a read on him. He's like su-
0: maybe a little sullen.
1: Hal is like a genius, but like a withdrawn a neurotic, and like kind of yeah. nice. He's uh, kind of nice with it. He's kind of nice with it. Yeah. You, it, it's very interesting to see it all develop within one scene where they're basically just like exhausted after uh, playing tennis. And all like time. all
0: the scenes that we've seen so far, like basic, they don't bi- basically do or say anything to each other. It's all just like the camera zooming around within each other's right, heads. Right, right. The,
1: the the lemon pledge you like that i like the lemon pledge that's yeah. very funny i will wait all actually, his little
0: details are so are so funny
1: well while we're here let's fact check vamp vamp while i type
0: uh yeah so you're looking up lemon pledge okay so then the other two things that we need to get to today in addition to just discussing this chapter um i'm just putting a pin in it uh we got to talk about bodegas and we got to talk about andre agassi
1: PSA Pledge is not a sunblock <laughs> it's from sl- slow twitch.com. Uh
0: so some people have been uh have been saying this. I, I it would be funny if Pledge had on their website is like, please do not use pledge as a sunblock. Huh. No, no evidence? Nothing. Alright. If you can't find anything, uh I gotta yeah. bring up bodegas because uh this week we had another illustration of things that drive people insane on twitter uh which is the concept of new york as manifested through somebody being like you know what's great new york bodegas and everybody and everybody responding that being like shut the fuck up yeah nobody gives a shit about your stupid shops it's very what else rocks target i could go to target when i want to go to target uh, the, it escalated so, so rapidly, fast yes.
1: that I, li- I saw it and I, I faved it because I was just like ho ho chuckle chuckle like yes. yeah it, it do it do be like that I when do love you, to go
0: to my corner store when you store. go to the
1: bodega and you get like laundry detergent and then you're like oh why don't I treat myself to a Snickers Some bar Rolos. as well but then it w- literally went from that to being like I saw people being like this bitch writes for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel now <laughs> I know why that show isn't good
0: yeah somebody, somebody, being, lo- somebody being like I love to stop at my local bodega and pick Pick up some peanut M and M's, and then, like, <laughs> forty minutes later, it's like New York City is a cancer <laughs> on American culture and society. You deserve nine eleven. <laughs> this is why nine eleven happened. I am going to, you. to come to your borough and murder you. Yeah, Uh it's... no, well, I think that it is okay. So, two things about this in that entire conversation, uh you know, if you if you weren't on Twitter, which I can't imagine anybody listening to this wasn't, was like, uh, yeah, as we said, somebody being like, where where else do you? If not for your local bodega, where do you go to pick up milk and uh, laundry detergent? And, oh, yeah, I'll have two peanut M&Ms on my yeah. way out. And everybody's like, uh, stores exist in the other part of the country, which, you know what? Fair enough. Okay, two things. First, that entire conversation elided the only, the thing that is actually good about bodegas mm-hmm. that nobody mentioned. And the people attacking them, the people defending them, nobody said, which is that the only good thing is that they're open 24 hours and you can fucking walk to them. You can walk to the The, bodega. The point of the corner store is it's on the corner. Yes. Everybody was like, 7-Elevens exist. I, motherfucker, when I grew up in in suburban Ohio, the closest uh, all-night gas station or grocery store was a 45-minute walk from my heavily suburbanized Mm -hmm. uh, 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 house. That is not access no that's the fucking that's the democrats access to healthcare. Yes. that's not access motherfucker yeah if i, I the glory of the new york city bodega is at any given time anywhere in the five boroughs i am a less than a five minute walk from a store that is open 24 hours that will sell me peanut m&ms and beer yes uh at any time any day within a five minute walk. it is
1: less about what they sell And the 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 storeness of it, and it's that you can walk, and it's open all the time, and that's it.
0: Yes, the like when when
1: people are saying, "Oh, uh, there's a convenience store," I'm like, it doesn't seem that convenient to me, bro. I don't want to have to put a key into an ignition ignition? to go to the convenience store.
0: That is not convenient. It's not convenient. I'm not going to drive at 3 a.m. No, I'm I'm drunk. Yes, I'm wasted.
1: You go to the bodega. And you get one more beer, and then maybe if you're lucky, they have a deli and they can make you a, a hot sandwich. sandwich. Uh
0: Anyway, so that but that
1: that's and wh- this is not <laughs> to say New York is is the well New York is the greatest city in the world, number one city
0: in the world. But baby. it's just Mets, it's Jets, the the Mets. willful
1: misreading of this just proves that it yes. is bodegas like Infinite Jest which are
0: just make people go insane. Well, which just makes so that's crazy. the biggest the bigger thing is that really contained within this is a larger discussion of the. The mutually reinforcing nexus of securities of um insecurities and w- what's the opposite of insecurities over securities ex securities um, Con- confidences confidences of people that delusions people both who live in and without of new York New Yorkers yeah. are both uh um hyper confident about their city number one city in the world baby yeah uh but Best also have some kind of insecurity about like uh, I don't know the privilege or like you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the be being a New York City, especially the people online, especially the people on Twitter. You know, you know, there to so- a certain extent, you know that living in New York makes you some kind of a coastal elite, fancy lad. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then all everybody who doesn't live here, uh, knows that in its own way, New York City sucks because it does. It, it does. It's hyper frustrating at most times. And no, it's Everything awful. is dirty and broken. Yeah. and super expensive. Yep. And the people who live here are kind of pricks about living here. Yeah. Uh, but also, they also know that they don't live in fucking New York, which is, as we've said, the number one city in the world. Greatest baby. in the world, baby. So it's these two mutually reinforcing like s- sets of insecurities just yeah. bonkering off of each other around the concept of the the corner store, uh, the, the New York City bodega, uh, cool. causing everybody uh, who encounters the very idea of it, uh, of it to get immediately enraged over nothing
1: nothing also i i will say now that the the vibe online has been pretty rough i think people, people in coming are, to the end of the year it's like getting darker earlier like the the mood is really off and like i think people are definitely just like hair trigger uh pissed online which i understand but i'm just like oh boy we do we need to log off maybe read a book <laughs> Uh, like maybe, infinite Jest, maybe,
0: yeah. Everybody should just take a little break to read Infinite Jest or Dune, which I'm almost finished with.
1: Or Andre Agassi's memoir Open, which I highly recommend if you don't feel like We're finishing
0: this podcast. We're at fifty minutes now, so maybe we'll save Andre for a little time. Yeah, we but, sh- but let's let's. Uh, tease it by saying you've been reading Andre Agassi's memoir and yes. it is fire
1: fantastic like the best definitely the best I haven't read a ton of sports memoirs actually like period but I feel like this is immediately S tier sports memoir uh, We can the go- mind of Andre Agassi <laughs> is in just totally nuts
0: you should pull three or four highlights uh, for the next time we I'll do, do a little these book episode. report yeah. after yeah uh, because the, the details you've been sharing with me are very very funny and uh, he is a Chad and an alpha
1: he is an alpha oh my god whew I I love him so much, and he
0: throws amazing fits. He
1: stresses me out, but
0: I I love him. <laughs> he He's did, wait one the first detail that already blew my mind: three showers a day
1: takes three showers a day that's not not to time. be clean, but to experience his self hatred in a contained space. <laughs> that, that's that that's that's me stealing the analysis from uh, the per, the person on Twitter who I got the recommendation to read this book from which is Molly Young um, that feels uh, another internet Molly who I respect
0: w- w- shout out to all the internet mollies. you're right. all beautiful to me thank you uh, that feels very uh <laughs> wallace wallace wallace
1: yes this i mean the idea we can talk more about it next week but the the uh, pressure cooker of a tennis academy which andre agassi went to the baltieri tennis academy which is referenced in infinite Jest, mm-hmm. uh, and it is truly like a dismal awful boot camp of a place yes and then you come out of it and you either suck or you are the champion the, the number one tennis player in the world
0: as as Andre Agassi he does. One or the other. All right. Uh we're let's, we're at fifty two minutes. Let's right. uh, let's uh, move on from this episode. Um the infinite cast pod at gmail.com. Yes. Send us some emails. Um we're at hundred pages now, which hey. means that we can hey, we're a tenth of the way through ding, this ding, book. Ding. All right? we
1: are a tenth of the way through this book.
0: Damn. Yeah. It is faster than I thought. When did we start this? Like September?
1: I don't even know. I don't know what time it is.
0: Uh we should think about it having guests on the pod. We started
1: in the year of the Whopper.
0: The year of the Whopper. Now we're in the now year of the Depend Adult Undergarment. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we should have a guest on this podcast eventually. Yeah. Um, and until then, oh, I'll send I'll send our our, uh, Paul Allen Heaven gifts out sometime yes. soon. And other than that, I don't think there's any other business to attend to here. All right, I'm gonna put this online, right now. Bye. Bye.